Welcome back to Musar for Sar Shalom and the Lapid Nation. I'm Batya Gage. Thank you for joining us today as we work on perfecting our midot, our character traits. We're all excited this week, looking forward to our rabbi finally getting back from Israel. And we were excited about hearing all of his stories. We know he's going to have many stories and we look forward to hearing all of those. Uh, We are also looking forward to spring here in Texas. It can't quite decide. Yesterday was beautifully warm. Today it's very cold. So uh, back and forth, uh, someone said, I think winter and spring are, are having a custody battle over Texas right now. And that's the way it feels. We're also looking forward to Purim, getting ready for that. And I'm looking forward to starting on a new, a brand new list of 13 Midot. And I hope you're working on your list or um, if it's time for a new list, that you have a new list. So what are you looking forward to right now? What Midot are you working on? Another thing I'm looking forward to is getting off of this topic of anger and going to something a little bit more positive, and that's the topic of happiness. We're starting our section today on happiness, and I'm really looking forward to that. But before we do, let's just go back one last time and review our lesson from last week as we finished out our topic of anger. We learned, first of all, that patience... Uh, will help us overcome anger. We learned that it's better to be the one insulted than the one doing the uh, insult and that actually accepting the suffering for insult is, is a way of atoning for perhaps past sins. Showing patience wins the respect of others. Um, and an angry person loses everything and in the end they're left with nothing but their anger. We learned that the sages taught us to strive to be like Hillel. Hillel was humble and gentle, and it said that he had such love and compassion in his heart that he had no room in his heart for anger. We talked about looking for the good in others and that we need to understand the viewpoint of the other person. Why are they doing what they're doing? And uh, that a lot of strife comes from just plain old misunderstandings and that if we understood the person better perhaps we would see that they really are deserving of our our pity and our compassion we learn to be patient with ourselves and that this whole journey of working on our midot is a marathon a lifelong journey certainly not a sprint And we kind of talked about the tortoise and the hare. We just have to keep going and going and going and we will reach the finish line. Uh, We talked about the midah of peace and how important it is. And but peace should be in balance like our other midot and too little peace. And we won't defend our country or defend our family when we need to too much uh, or not enough peace. And we get involved in machlokit. Now, hopefully you remember what machlokit is. And that, uh, we got that from the example of Chorak, who was always stirring up strife. We, uh, and we want to avoid being like Chorak. We studied the importance of peace between uh, spouses, between a husband and wife. And where there is peace between a husband and wife, there the Shekinah dwells. 
we looked at uh, matzah versus motzeh, and um, that matzah stands for the good wife, and motzeh stands for the bitter wife. And then if a, a man finds himself married to a motzeh, that it's really up to him. If he can show her patience, if he can work on his own midot and set a good example for her, that perhaps that will inspire her to work on her own midot. And then in fact, our marriages are really up to us and how we deal with that. If we are forgiving and we're constantly seeking peace, then peace will eventually reign. <clears throat> uh, we looked at the importance of Shalom Bayat not only on the spouses, but on the children and how the Jewish home should be a place of refuge. And that parents that are constantly involved in strife are not able to provide their children with the love and respect that they really need. We looked at the effect of stubbornness, having a stiff neck, and how that can be a barrier to peace, and how it can uh, jeopardize shalom by it, and that if we uh, get stubborn, that leads to defensiveness and a uh, lack of apologizing when we need to. We also learned that when, <clears throat> although we should be quick to apologize when needed, we don't need to get in the habit of just apologizing all the time insincerely, but our apologies need to be sincere. And then we finished our lesson last week with this really good statement that said, <clears throat> if anger has no power over a person in this world, then the fire of Gehenna will have no power over him in the next world. So that finished our section on anger, and now we get to move forward to a little bit more positive topic, um, happiness. What is it? Um, do you enjoy being around unhappy people? Are we commanded to be happy? Can we force ourselves to be happy? Is that even possible? So that's what we're going to look at today. Um, some people perhaps are waiting or around for an event to happen. Um, when something happens, then they'll be happy. And, they, and these are all good questions, and hopefully we'll answer some of those today and see what this happiness thing really is all about. Let's start with some scriptures. Uh, Psalm 100, a lot of people's favorite, says, Serve Hashem with gladness. Come before Him with joyous song. Leviticus 23:40, and this is a verse that's uh, talking about Sukkot. You shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. So rejoice, be happy. <clears throat> In Deuteronomy 28, 47, this is a passage on blessings and curses. And it's talking about the curses. And it says, uh, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart. And so we can see that uh, happiness is not this warm, fuzzy feeling, but it's an obligation. It's an obligation to serve Hashem and to serve Him with joy and happiness. And happiness can be the key to many other midot. This midot of simcha, or happiness, is very powerful. Psalm 4.2 says, You have relieved me in my distress. Now, when you're in distress... Um, how does your body feel? You know, you may be tightened, your muscles are tight, your shoulders are tight, um, you're not relaxed, um, and you're also tightened up emotionally. You're closed off. Um, and But when a person's happy, 
He feels energized. He feels relaxed. His mind is open. His heart is open. And and this will allow him to overcome challenges and, and accept many other difficulties with love and many of the other midot, patience and peace um, based on happiness. When we are sad, even the smallest little problem that we have can be huge. On the other hand, when we're happy, even a really big obstacle can be manageable. So uh, being happy can also help uh, overcoming the Yetzirah, um, overcoming those challenges helps us to strengthen our good midot. And, you know, when we're happy, we're also likely to treat others with honor and respect rather than uh, when we're unhappy. Last week, when we were talking about anger a little bit, we talked about uh, hurt people hurt people. Well, happy people make people happy. So if you're happy, then you go around and you, when you leave that place, you've just made other people happy. And that's a great mitzvah. There's a story in the Gemara, Tana E 22a, that tells of two men who were described <clears throat> as destined for the world to come. Now, when Rabbi Baroka asked them, what did you do exactly to get this description of being destined for the world to come? And they answered, we're comedians. We go around making people happy. And for this mitzvah alone, they were destined for the world to come. Uh, happy people just make other people happy. The Marasha, um, who was a renowned Torah scholar, Sats the Mishnah in Sanhedrin 6.5 that when a person is suffering, the divine presence says, as it were, speaking of the divine presence, my head feels heavy, my arms feel heavy. So we can infer from this that the opposite is also true. When we are happy, we make the Shekinah happy. Isn't that a thought? And you know, we're drawn, we are drawn to happy people. And happy people also draw people to the Torah. Um, if they see that you are happy and you're living this joyous life of Torah, they're going to want that happy life. On the other hand, when, when if you're depressed and you're complaining and you're sad all the time, they're going to want to stay from whatever kind of life that is that you have. So we want to draw people to the Torah and we can do that through being happy. So how do we get, how do we get this happy thing? Um, you know, I knew someone one time who uh, constantly throughout their life said, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when I grow up. I'll be happy when I get a job. I'll be happy when I get married. I'll be happy when I have kids. I'll be happy when the kids get grown. I'll be happy when I retire. Um, but what we fail to learn is that we can be happy or unhappy in any situation, in any stage of life, based on our own attitude. Um, happiness is not an event that we're waiting on to happen. Happiness is a midah, just like patience, just like order, 
just like um, all these others. Happiness is a midah that we can work on and we can obtain through, through working on. It's a result of our internal state, not external happenings, not external circumstances. And naturally, some of us are going to have more of it and some of us are going to have to work harder at it, just like some of the other midah. Um, but we all have the power to change and to implement this midah into our lives. You know, the whole world is pursuing happiness, but where do they look for happiness? Rarely, I would say rarely, few people find it. Um, One person may be a workaholic and they work all the time. And if you ask them, why are you working all the time? They'll say, for money, I need more money. Why do you need more money? To be happy. Um, But, and we have learned in our Musar studies that... um, He who is not grateful with what he has will always want more. So no matter how much money you have, even if you're rich, you will always want more money. So as long as we're looking to these material things, um, we will never have peace, we'll never achieve it, and we'll never be happy. And besides, we know, you can just read the tabloids, wealthy people, famous people are not the happiest people. On the other hand, a person who uses his God-given abilities for Torah study, for mitzvah, for mitzvot, is the happiest person of all. So that's where we want to look for our, our happiness. So if I, I want to show you something. If I show you this paper, and I ask you, what did you see? Many people will say, I see a black dot. Unfortunately, many of us are geared to instantly see the negative in every situation. Um, uh, we have learned in, in the past, a vote for one. Who is rich? He who is happy with his portion. You know, the evil inclination, the Yetzirah, will convince us that true happiness is just over there. It's just if you do that. If you do this one more thing, and then you're constantly chasing more and more things, usually material things. So how can we instill happiness in our own lives? How can we get this midah of happiness? Temporary happy feelings, that warm, fuzzy feeling that you get from worldly pleasures, is like a drug. The drug wears off, and then you have to go get more and more and more. And unfortunately, this often happens with material things. We think if we get a new car, we get a new house, we get a new whatever, then we'll be happy. But that happiness is very fleeting. And um, and in fact, in fact, the fleeting of that happiness often lasts less time than the lingering effects of negative events in our life. You know, Hashem in his his great kindness and compassion constantly does loving kindnesses for us. But then what happens? We begin to take it for granted. If you are a starving person and all of a sudden you're given a meal, doing the Birkat Hamazon would be easy to remember. But we who eat three meals a day, most days, and snacks in between, how often do we completely forget to to thank Hashem for the food that we ate? 
We begin to take it for granted and we forget how blessed and how fortunate we are. Then when something bad happens, we're surprised and, you know, why did that happen? You know, we're kind of like spoiled children that get everything they want and they don't appreciate it. And then when something is withheld, they complain and throw a temper tantrum. We have a Father in Heaven who showers us with daily blessings, daily resources. He gives us life. He gives us health. He gives us homes, clothing, food, and many, many more. And if we didn't have one of these things, then maybe we'd appreciate it more. But Hashem doesn't really want to have to withhold those things from us just to get us to appreciate them. Rather, we should... Open our eyes. Work every day. Um, never skip the morning prayer, the, the thank you prayer. Um, first, When you first open your eyes, the Modayani, but the one in the Chakrit where you get to kind of uh, enumerate your daily blessings. Um, you know, our sages instruct us to say many blessings throughout the day. Over every, you take a glass of water, you eat a, an apple, you uh, see a rainbow all day long. And uh, I read a little book one time that said if you actually do all of the blessings that they say that you should do, it comes up to about a hundred a day. And, um, and if we could train ourselves to really say those blessings with sincere words and not just be muttering some words, it would help us with our feelings of gratitude for these things. Um, and if you're saying a hundred blessings a day, maybe that's about one every 10 minutes, depending on how long you're up. And certainly if we're being thankful every 10 minutes or so, gratitude is going to become natural to us. Um, another thing to be grateful and happy about is that we especially if you're listening to me, we are part of Hashem's covenantal family. And if we could really, really recognize and understand what that means, we would be moved to tears of happiness and joy to realize how truly fortunate we are. We should never take these blessings for granted. The Orchot Zadakim states in Sha'ar Simcha, all good things come from Hashem's kindness, not because a person deserves it. Hashem does not do good to a person because he needs him, but rather out of his own generosity and kindness. You know, the foundational key to real happiness is recognizing all, first of all, the, all the good things we get from Hashem gratitude gratitude is the key to real happiness you know if a person were to if you were to become ill and then you had a great healing think how appreciative you would then be for your health but if you're healthy every day you begin to take that for granted and hopefully we don't have to lose something in order to be grateful for it um our book suggests that just for a moment, um, um, close your eyes and imagine something uh, that you're blessed with. And if you were to lose that something and, and perhaps imagining what it would be like, then that will help to instill some gratitude in your heart again. You know, one of the ways that they 
we've always tested to see if a person is a pessimist or an optimist is to show them a glass of water and ask them, is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? Um, and, you know, it says that imagine that a friend orders a you're in a coffee shop with your friend and you uh you're sitting there, your friend has a large cup of coffee, you don't have any, so he takes half of his cup, pours it into an empty cup, and it hands it to you. And you're so grateful that he gave you half of his cup. However, if you gave him money and said, can you go up to the counter and buy me a cup of coffee, and he brings you back just a little bit of coffee in the bottom of the cup, you'd be like, where's the rest of it? I paid for it, where is it? Um, so a lot of times our gratitude depends on expectations. There's that word again. We looked at that word as we're look, dealing with anger. Now here it comes up again as we're looking at gratitude. In the first scenario, you weren't expecting to have any coffee. So your friend just giving you coffee because it was unexpected uh, instilled gratitude in you. But when you were expecting for him to bring you back a full cup of coffee that you paid for and you didn't get it, then uh, it gives you a whole different attitude. And one thing that we have to realize, especially when we're thanking Hashem for what we have, He doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't have to give us anything. So anything we do have, health, homes, um, money, food, all of those good things, every one of them we should uh, never take for granted, always be thanking Him because He, he doesn't owe us anything. You know, we've looked at this phrase a lot. Who is a wealthy person? He who is happy with his share. So truly we know that a person is happy if they're satisfied, but how are they wealthy? Let's look at this for just a little bit. Imagine that you have, this is a nice imagining, a million dollars. But that money is locked away in a safe and you don't have the key. Would you still feel as rich? Um, you don't really, you don't have access to the money, so what good is it doing you? On paper, you may look rich, but if you don't have access to that, if you don't have control over that money, then you don't feel rich. The Mishnah teaches us that the purpose of wealth is to achieve happiness, but when you flip that around, happiness has nothing to do with how much money you have. On the contrary, oftentimes the more wealth a person has, the less happy they are, the more worries they have. Um, but happiness depends on the extent to which we recognize the good that we already have. Um, but the person is considered wealthy in this statement by the way, uh, sages, because he truly is in control of his assets, because he's able to derive joy from them, because he recognizes the good that he has. And if we don't recognize all of the good that we have is a gift from Hashem, we will never be happy. And, and if we do, then we can experience true happiness through our gratitude. You know, the, the uh, Rock Chaim explains it this way in a vote. If a pauper suddenly finds a great treasure, 
he he is so excited. He's so happy. He praises Hashem. But then as, as it always happens, time goes by and the happiness kind of wears off. Um, and then um, he wants more. He wants more money. He wants to go find another treasure and more and more. On the other hand, a person who constantly reminds himself that he and his wealth, everything you have is in the hands of Hashem at every moment, every day. Um, and he knows, we know that in an instant we could become a pauper. Um, then we can experience joy over anything can be a, be wealth. Every moment, as if he had just, if, as if we had just discovered this great treasure. As I was studying for this lesson, this um, couple of things came to mind. One was when I was uh, working in the, the training field, training employees and that kind of thing, um, training supervisors to be supervisors, we had a saying that employees will forget. They want to know, what have you done for me lately? And oftentimes we say that to Hashem. Yeah, we know in the past you gave me food or whatever, but what have you done for me lately? And, you know, we have to learn that in every moment we are in the hands of Hashem. No gift is guaranteed. Our gifts are not something of the past, but they're something that we get every single day. And when I was studying for this, that I had to look this verse up because I couldn't quite remember where it was from because it surprised me that it, this verse I'm going to read you is from the book of Lamentations, which is not usually a book that you think of when you think of happiness. Excuse me, I got spring itchies. Uh, Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. The steadfast love, the chesed of Hashem never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Now I know some of us are going to break out in song when they hear those last verse uh, words because there was a famous song many, for many years, great old song, Great is your faithfulness. Every day Hashem renews His blessings to us. Every day He returns our soul to our body. He gives us breath. We're able to get out of bed. We have something to eat, a, a roof over our head. And you know, unfortunately, we sometimes get in the habit of doing our best praying when we're in need of something instead of being grateful for something. And that's when our greatest prayer should come is, is in gratitude and in thankfulness for what, what he's already given us. So I mentioned in the comments, uh, if you were here before the class started, um, a phrase, every week we have to learn a Hebrew word, hakarat hatov. What is hakarat hatov? It's the key to happiness. And it's a fundamental midah. Now, if, if you did uh, everyday holiness with us way back when, you might remember what it was. But literally means, and we translate it as gratitude, but it really means more than that. It means actually going out and looking searching for the good. Um, just like the paper that I held up, instead of searching for that one black dot, you're searching for all of the amounts of white that were on that page. And this recognizing the good will lead us to gratitude. And our book gives us the example 
of our parents, honoring our parents. And the Sefer HaChinuch writes that it is fitting for a person to recognize the kindness that others do for us. And we should recognize that our parents gave us life. They are the reason that for our very existence and that they perhaps provided for us when we were growing up. And we should honor them and find ways to help them in any way possible. And recognizing how our parents dealt with us and how they provided for us will lead us to be uh, to realize that Hashem also provides for us. He provides the true reason for our existence and He's the one that truly provides our food every day and our health and everything else that we have. Um, you know, and I know, I know what I'm going to get some messages back, but what if my parents weren't so great? And yes, many parents have great failings, great shortcomings. But the part of Hakarat Hatov is searching searching for something good in that person. You know, if someone that had never done anything for you one day had the opportunity to save your life, you would be grateful to that person forever. Well, your parents, if they've done nothing else for you, have given you life. And hopefully they did much more for you. Hopefully they fed you, housed you, educated you, protected you. And for all of these, they deserve our honor. And, you know, when we look at it that way, our complaints against our parents are probably just a drop in the bucket compared to the many, many things they did for us. Now, I do want to have a caveat here and say, truly abusive parents are excluded from these words. And that's a whole nother topic that maybe we can look at in the future. You know, really, most of our complaints come from a lack of hakarat hatov. Just like the paper with the one black dot on it, our eyes are instantly drawn to the negative instead of the positive. And even to Hashim, we complain because of the one thing we're lacking, because in our opinion, he owes us that. And, and sometimes we fall into that very terrible trap. And we know that if a person complains all of the time, frequently, they're really not, they cannot be a happy person. And um, they are truly lacking in this midav hakarat hatov. You know, another reason that we have to be very careful about this sin of of the lack of, of happiness is because of the sin of the spies. Um, in, the sages teach in Sota 35a, Rabbah said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, that day on which the spies returned was the day before Tisha B'Av. Hashem said, they wept a weeping without cause. So I will establish for them a weeping for generations. Did you as a mother or did your mother ever say to you, if you don't stop that crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. And basically that's what Hashem is saying here to these spies. They came back complaining about uh, what the land, the people that were in the land and how hard it was going to be to take it over. And he says, I'll give you something to weep about. And to this very day, we have the very sad day of Tisha B'Av. The sin of complaining leads to other sins, Lashon Hara, um, 
Machlochet and many others. Yes, we know. We've talked about this many times. There may be a time when you have to rebuke someone. But rebuking someone for something serious is not the same as complaining. And rebuking has a proper process done in the proper way with love. Complaining is just complaining. Even in this regard, um, you know, there are people that just are complainers. And then there are people that no matter what happens to them, you never hear them complain. And we want to be like those people. Um, And listen, are you the only one complaining? If no one else is complaining, perhaps it's just time to Check your motives and let it go. You know, in order to develop this midah of hakarat hatov, our book tells us that we have to accustom ourselves to see the world with a good eye. Our sages teach in a vote one six. We know this by heart now. Judge everyone favorably. And additionally, we need to accustom ourselves to view our own life that way. Um, Just like the paper, look for the good, not the one bad thing. And it tells us in our book, a person who sees this way looks at the world not through rose-colored glasses, but clear glasses. And a person who only sees the bad in the world is looking through dirty lenses. So, you know, if a person complains a lot, um, they're probably looking at the world through dirty lenses. It makes me want to take my glasses off and check them real quick. Um, And we need to train ourselves to focus on the good. Train yourself. Every situation, every person you come across, look for the good. All right, well, that concludes our beginning lesson on happiness. Um, Let's just review before we uh, close up today. We learned that instead of this warm, fuzzy feeling, happiness is an obligation, that we have to serve Hashem with gladness, with joy. We also learned it's easier to subdue your Yetzirah when you're happy than when you're sad all the time. Happy people make other people happy. And the Midah of Simcha will draw people to the Torah life. If you're happy and you're living a happy, joyous life of Torah, they're going to want that. And uh, gratitude is a big part <clears throat> of learning this Midah. Uh, gratitude is the key. Reciting blessings. If you need to, uh, a lot of people have a gratitude journal write it down or recite blessings train yourselves over every good thing that you see or have or comes across your path in a day begin to recite those blessings and you know just being a part of Hashem's covenantal family is enough in and of itself to uh, cause us perhaps even to weep tears of joy and never 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 take it for granted we've learned that And we know that we don't get these blessings every day because we deserve them or Hashem owes us anything, but because it's out of his kindness and his love and his chesed. Um, We learned about uh, uh, looking for the good, looking for the good in others, looking for the good in every situation. Um, We have a favorite saying at uh, uh, Sar Shalom, Gamzula Tovah, 
and this too is for the good. Our level of gratitude depends in part on, on our expectations. Yeah, there's that word again. And if we expect something to happen and it doesn't, then we complain. If we expect something to happen and it happens, we take it for granted. So we should train ourselves to realize that Hashem doesn't owe us anything. Everything he does for us is, uh, is a blessing, is a gift for us. The purpose of wealth it taught us was to achieve happiness, but happiness is not based on how much money that we have, but happiness depends on seeing what we have as wealth, basically, and recognizing the good that we already have. We looked at the phrase hakarat hatov, which perhaps goes even farther than gratitude, but actually getting out and searching, looking with a magnifying glass for the good things, for the good in your life, the good in the day, the good in a person. A person who complains constantly is not a happy person, and complaining is a sin that can lead to other sins. And to develop Hakarat Hatov, we need to accustom ourselves to see the world with a good eye, with clean lenses, not dirty lenses. Um, and just to train ourselves, once again, to focus on the good. All right, well, next week we're going to continue in this section on uh, happiness. We're going to look at finding joy in life. And then we're going to look at that question that often comes up when we're taught when anyone's talking about happiness but what about suffering so we're going to look at that and how that fits into being happy so come back next tuesday as we continue our study on happiness pray for rabbis they're making their way back from israel that they would make it back safely um and uh, we look forward to seeing them. We know they've had a great time. We've seen some of the pictures, and we look forward to hearing all the stories. And um, please just do one more thing for me today. Hit the like button. Share this video with someone. And I hope to see you next Tuesday.